Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 23rd of October 2016, entitled Facing the Lions Part 2. And the Bible readings are taken from Daniel chapter 6 verses 16 to 24 and 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I invite you to stand this morning in honor of the reading of God's holy word taken from the book of Daniel. Chapter 6, beginning in verse 16. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace, passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lions' mouths, that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him, commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. The king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel. They cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. And the lions had the mastery of them, and break all their bones in pieces, wherever they came at the bottom of the den. Father, thank you again for this time that we can have together this morning for the blessings that have already been ours. Lord, in the songs we've sung, the prayers, the testimonies, now, Lord, we come to this important part of the service when we look into your word. We depend upon your spirit. Lord, you know the hearts of everyone here today, and we pray, Lord, please, Lord, through the deficiencies and failings of thy servant, may you speak, Lord, for all of your glory to the hearts of each individual, that which they most need to hear. And help us, Lord, as a people to respond in whatever way we need. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen and amen. We began from this passage last week, if you were here, on the simple thought of facing the lions. We ask you a question in the beginning of that, if you ever feel like life just isn't fair. It may be a situation, a trouble, a difficulty, whatever, but you just feel that it just isn't fair. There's a lot of things in life that sometimes we feel aren't fair. We've read this passage of Scripture, and of course we, we said in the reading that it was one of the probably most familiar passages as far as children's Bible stories to tell them about Daniel in the lion's den. 
As we began to look at that, I referred you over to another passage which you see on the screen before you in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, which speaks of another lion. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We answered or began to try to answer a few questions on, of course, Daniel in the lion's den, and we we look at this fact that that was really quite an awesome thing to think about being trapped in closed quarters with no way of escape. We talked about the lions that we may have seen in this life, whether it was in a zoo or on safari or whatever, that you might have seen those big, ferocious animals. And I think with any of us, the thoughts of being in a closed area with just them is a pretty frightening experience. We said, what was it? prepared Daniel for facing those ferocious, furry beasts that he was thrown in the den with. And it wasn't just that day, but the Bible is very, very clear in speaking of the fact that it was his faith. It was because he believed God and his faith was such that not only did he have the faith that God would deliver him from that den of lions, but even the king, as he put him in there and put the seal on the top. Daniel, your God will deliver you. Even he had saw the faith in Daniel and believed that Daniel would be delivered. And my challenge to you was, why is it that it can maybe bring fear to us when we think of being closed up with a physical, fuzzy little beast like that that could just simply close his mouth over us and that would be the finish of us? Why? Is that so fearful? And yet this warning that we're given in the New Testament about our adversary, adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. And I said that, that, that picture kind of became more vivid because I've seen the lions as they roam around in the zoos and in these enclosures and maybe these safari grounds, but seeing them on safari in Africa when they were stalking those zebras and just going through the high grass and they were just waiting for their opportunity to pounce. That's the picture we're given. That's the way the devil is. Folks, it may not have been fair. And that's the thing that we're trying to get to is that if you looked at what Daniel's life, could we possibly say it was fair for him to be thrown into that den of lions. But yet, he survived it. But I said he survived that physical den of lions because he had already faced many of these spiritual lions in his life that had made him the man that he was so that when he was tossed in that den, I promise you, the most ferocious lion and the the most ferocious pack of lions that you've ever seen in your life. Do not compare to the one that's walking around trying to see who he can next devour that's called Satan. They are nothing in comparison. What 
as we looked at Daniel's life, we said we can certainly pick out a few of those lions that he had faced, and we talked last week about the lion of captivity. I mean, Daniel was in the royal line. He was come from a great family. He was a brilliant young man with the finest of educations and all these things. Was it fair that he was taken from his freedoms and he was taken into captivity to be a servant in another land? His freedom was taken from him. He was now a captive, and this was not meant for a short-term thing. And we looked at that, but I want to take you a bit further this morning because I want you to take you back again to Daniel chapter 1. And I want you to notice another lion in Daniel's life that he had already had to stand against. We saw there that in verse 3 and 4, it said, And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his, notice that next word in your Bible, eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes. He went after the best. He went after Daniel, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace whom they might teach the learning of the tongue of the Chaldeans. Daniel was not only taken into captivity, but when Daniel was taken into captivity, he also had to face another lion, and that was a lion of a completely altered lifestyle. Now, look what the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 39 and verse 7. We find this reading, Isaiah chapter 39, verse 7, and of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. This was when Isaiah was prophesying what was going to happen to Daniel, which we read about in the book of Daniel. Daniel was not only taken into captivity and his freedoms taken from him, he was at the same time forced into a lifestyle that could not be considered normal in any way, shape, or form. It was bad enough to be a slave. It was bad enough to have a master to be in captivity. You've got to realize and remember. I mean, for the Jew, the family was so important. And time and again, we read that for them, that that firstborn son was of such importance in order to, to carry the seed and the family inheritance on. So much so that even in those cases where something happened to that older son, the younger brothers had the responsibility to see that it was accomplished if something happened that that seed would be carried on. Of course, even in our societies today, we know we live in a society when so many times the family has lost its meaning. So many people, they have no attachment to their families whatsoever. But that's not the way it has been or the way it could be and the way that it should be. And the truth still remains that for many of us, family is vitally important. But may I say to you that 
Daniel had already taken, had had faced this line of captivity. And I told you, you show me if you can find it anything different, but I find nowhere in the Word of God where there was one word of criticism or complaint that came from Daniel because this isn't fair. He faithfully continued to serve his God. He's facing another line now. He's facing a line that has taken him and not only has he been taken into captivity, but now his life has been altered to where he could never have a family. I don't, I don't know what Daniel might have been thinking when he went into captivity. That was totally against his will. He, there was nothing that he could do about that. And the same thing here. Any hope of a family is taken from Daniel. He was taken into the king's butcher shop and they did medical work on him to where he could no longer produce children. He could no longer have a family of his home. That was taken from him. Was that fair? Here's this young man that we've already seen that God was the center of his life. He was living for God. He was trying to live a godly lifestyle and he's ripped out of that and he's put into a place where that he's suddenly the servant of another and his life to have any normality, to have any kind of a family or anything is simply taken from him. It's something that can never be reversed. Something that could never be changed. But did Daniel throw up his hands and quit? Did he surrender to this lion that he was having to face? Again, do we find anywhere where he began to complain or talk about how unfair all this was? I say absolutely not. He took this altered lifestyle, a providence that had been given to him completely against his will, but he continued to faithfully look to his God. You see, the truth was is that there was something at the center of his life that mattered more than anything in this world. And folks, that's a place that sadly not many Christians get to that even when they've got God there, there's so many distractions, so many other things. But I'm saying with Daniel... These horrible things were being done to him. But he continued to be faithful to his God. You know what? According to my Bible, that was, this was about 600 years before Jesus Christ even came. You know what? The character of this man was such that even today, it's usually one of the first Bible stories that we start teaching our children in the Christian faith, Daniel, and how he survived that lion's den. The impact that he's had on so many lives because when life was about as unfair as it could get, when he had to face that line of captivity and be taken literally away from all of his freedoms to serve another, when his life was altered to where there was no way that he could ever, ever just have the normal life of having a family and having children of his own, it was all taken from him. 
But he fought that lion. And he stood against that lion. And he continued to trust his Lord. And then notice what it says there in verse 5. It says, and the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. He's been taken out of his home. He's been taken into captivity. He's had his life altered in such a way that he can never live a normal life. And now he's being told that he's got to eat the king's meat and drink the king's wine. And he's been told that for the next three years, this is all you're going to have to eat and drink. We're going to nourish you up. And then at the end of that three years, we'll bring you before the king. But there was a difference with this lion. You see, it was totally against his will that he was taken into captivity. He had no control over that, but he kept his faith. Even when the world was treating him unfair. Secondly, he had no control over what they did to him to alter his lifestyle. That was something that was done to him beyond his control, but he still, he still continued to be faithful to his God. But here, the king is asking Daniel to do something that will violate the very will of that God that he's been faithful to. He's asking him to eat things and to drink things that is totally contrary to what God has given him to do with his life. You see, this was a matter of his faith. I mean, anybody could look and say, well, surely there's nothing else to eat. There's nothing else to drink. Who could blame this poor guy? They've got him in captivity. This is all that they're going to give him, nothing else. It's that or nothing. Who could possibly, possibly blame him? Look with me, if you would, down to verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank, Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord, the king, who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall he make me endanger my head to the king. Then said Daniel to Melzar, the prince of the eunuchs had said over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That was the three Hebrews' children, real name before they were changed to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Prove thy servants. I beseech thee ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. I'll tell you what. You know, you're talking about what if you if you keep us you don't give us the meat and the wine that, that the king has, has ordered for us, then you're afraid that we're going to shrivel away and the king's going to then have your head for not taking care of us like you were supposed to. He says, well, prove us. Just give us the pulses and the water, nothing else. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat. And as thou seest, deal with thy servant. Look at us after that and look at the ones that have eaten the king's meat and you decide for yourself. So he consented to them in this matter and proved them 10 days. 
And at the end of 10 days, their countenance appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the, the portion of the king's meat. Thus Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. The king communed with them, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. He's facing here the lion of what we would simply call apostasy. Apostasy is someone that has had the truth and knows the truth but turns from it for whatever reason. An apostate, they've heard, they know the truth. It's not somebody that, that never heard, that never knew. You see here, they had been taught what God wanted of them, but they're being tempted to turn away from the truths of God and to follow man because that makes a whole lot more logical sense. And so they've got all these captives and they've got these, these three Hebrew children and, and, and Daniel, and they're saying, okay, here's the king's meat, here's the king's wine, this is what will keep you healthy. He's saying, I believe our God will keep us healthy. Anybody ever eaten pulse? <laughs> What's it taste like? <laughs> What's it taste like, Brother Daniel? <laughs> nothing much, just, just tasteless, nothing. You know, you're giving up all your food just to have pulse and water? He said, hey, we believe that our God will take such good care of us. You give them all that meat and wine and just give us the water and the pulse, and in 10 days, come back and see. Came back, man. They were fair and fatter than all the rest, it said. They were doing better than those that were having all this food of the kings. Of course, we find that as they lived on that diet, those three years, that God blessed them so much. It's like the manna from heaven, wasn't it? When they went before the king, they were better than anybody else in his whole realm, the Bible says here. God blessed Daniel's purpose of heart. That's what he called it here in this, this reading. God blessed him here. Daniel, led from Israel to Babylon, taken into captivity. He might have wondered, God, where are you? I'm going to stay faithful. Well, maybe he was thinking this won't be forever, and one day he'll have his family, and then they take him into the butcher shop, and no, that's taken God. Where are you? I mean, is this is this fair? But we don't we don't hear Daniel questioning that. But now they're telling him he's got to eat and drink what is contrary to what God has asked of him. He said, "Oh, I've got a choice in this one. That's that's one step too far. I I didn't have a choice in these others. I just had to be content with to let them to go on. But here he refused." Here he refused and he put his faith and trust in God. And I'm saying to you that that lion that Daniel faced, his God was with him. And in the end, against all logic and all rationale, Daniel was the better man for it. That wasn't the only lion. There was one other lion that I want to 
to give to you that we, that we see in this passage. And of course, he really is a pretty ferocious lion. He's one that should be feared by everybody. He's one that will certainly devour you like this, and that's the lion of jealousy. <laughs> the lion of jealousy. You see, in Daniel's life, his life was the result of the many blessings and gifts of the Lord. And even though that they were trying to make him less of a man, it seemed that he was rising to be more of a man in spite of all of it. They could dish all the unfairness they wanted on him, and yet he seemed to keep just rising above it. Now, we find that the king's got some troubles. And he's had these dreams, and he doesn't know what they mean. And so then the king calls before him his magicians and his astrologers and his sorcerers, the Chaldeans who were the most learned men of his day. They were all called before him. Here's the dream I'm having. What does this mean? Interpret this for me. Over and over and over again. Not one of them could tell the king what those dreams meant. So, these men were given an ultimatum by the king. Either they interpret his dream or they were literally going to be cut to pieces and their homes completely destroyed. But they can't do it. They have no idea how to do it. Daniel finds out. He hears what's going on. He asks if he can have a little time before the king. He calls us the three Hebrew children together and it's time for a prayer meeting, guys, and they have a prayer meeting together. God revealed to Daniel exactly what the king needed to know. Look at chapter 2 and notice what it says. If you jump down to verse 46, then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshiped Daniel and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odors unto him. The king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of the secret, seeing thou couldst reveal this secret. Then the king made Daniel a great man. He gave him many great gifts. He made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Then Daniel requested of the king, and he sent Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. You see, God began to do something special in Daniel's life because Daniel had been faithful to him. And we find that Nebuchadnezzar is the king that is made there, and he made an image of, of gold. And when he made this image of gold, everybody was supposed to bow down and worship this. Now, Daniel's not in the same position. Neither of the three Hebrew children, they've been put in positions of prestige and power. But we find that they refuse to worship that image of gold. We can't do that. That goes contrary to our God. What's happened to them? They're cast into the fiery furnace. They're put into that fiery furnace. And as they're put in that fiery furnace, 
we find that King looks in, he says, how many guys did we put in there? He said, three. He says, I see four. <laughs> There's another one walking around down in there with them. We find that other tremendous story of how that they came out of the fire and even their hair wasn't singed. I mean, this furnace had been heated like seven times hotter than it had ever been heated before. We see another vision, the tree vision that's fulfilled in Nebuchadnezzar's life. Then Belshazzar the king comes to the throne and there's the writing on the wall and that writing is interpreted. Many, Tekel, Perez, the king was found wanting. We find that if you keep going over, then there's Darius that comes to the throne. We find that if you look in your Bibles, notice what he says in, in chapter 6. It says, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. He's got these up there, but there's something special about this guy, Daniel. There's something different about his, his attitude. There's something different about the way that he takes that position of, of prestige and power and, and what he's doing with it. And the king liked what he saw in this guy. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. <laughs> that made the other guys jealous. They said, oh, no, we got to find something to pull this guy down. But they could find none occasion or fault. They couldn't find anything. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. He was living such a godly life. They were wanting to find something, but they couldn't. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. If there's any way we're going to get through to this guy, it's going to be to try to get him to do something against his God, which we know he won't do. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statue and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. We find out how that line, or how that this, this line of jealousy is what actually put Daniel into the den with those other lions. You see, in Daniel's life, it was the results of the blessings of God on his life. Is the results of him living such a faithful life for God that these others begin to get jealous of him. And, you know, sadly, that happens all too often in our society today. So the king has some dreams that troubled him. Again, his magicians, astrologers, sorcerers, none of them can, can do anything about it. But 
Daniel does. Daniel's position, the decree, that old line of apostasy once again, but it was all because of jealousy, came roaring after Daniel. Daniel didn't allow these others' jealousy to alter his commitment to his Lord. We find that he stayed true and he stayed faithful. And of course, then the king realized what had happened, but the king had signed a decree. His others had tricked him into what he was doing. The king didn't even want to do it, but they tricked him. But that's when that, even when the king was sealing the den, he was saying to Daniel, Daniel, your God will deliver you, Daniel. Your God will deliver you. The line of captivity. Daniel was trapped in it with no hope in sight, no end in sight. Those sometimes in this life get into very similar situations where they feel like that they're trapped in a situation that they can't do anything about. We find that, I guess the temptation would have been to start again without God. The temptation would have been that'll be so much easier. Daniel wouldn't do that. He stood up to that line of captivity. The situation that had him trapped, he just stayed faithful to his God. Then he was faced with this altered lifestyle that was taking away his hopes of ever having a, a family or anything else. I thought as I was reading this again, I thought, you know, we look around the world today and people are caught in some terrible situations. And I know that we can get caught in situations sometimes, but I begin to think of, well, you know, we know that there's a lot of bad people out there. You know, in the midst of all those bad people, there's some very good people. And I begin to think of a lot of the things that are going on in, in Syria and places like that, and I'm thinking, well, yeah, you know, there's a lot of bad people in those areas that want to hurt people, but there's also Christian brothers and sisters in Christ in those places. They're caught in the midst of all this mess that's going on around them. Sometimes they got, they got no escape. They got no way out of it. You know, isn't it amazing through history that so many times it's when Christians, when their faith really gets tried, they have to stand up like Daniel did. Despite all that's going on around them, despite the situation, despite all the, the things that are unfair that are being done to them, and I'm sure that old line of apostasy comes to them and wants them just to, just to denounce God and turn away from it and be able to somehow avoid a lot of the torment that they're going through. The lion's den wasn't the end for Daniel. It was the end for those that came against him, though. Daniel had had to stand in the face of lions all of his life. Folks, that's the thing that I just really want you to grasp this morning. There is a lion, and he can come in these forms or any other forms in your life, and I want you to grasp and understand that this young man, some of the things he had no control over, but he did have a choice when it came to standing up for God. If nobody else was, if life just seemed like it would have been so much easier and to avoid 
Who could have blamed him in some of those instances, but he stayed faithful. And I'm, I'm presenting to you today that it was only, it was only because that Daniel had stood against those spiritual lines when they came. If he had given in to those along the way, then I don't think for a moment that he would have come out of that den of dying, that den of lions, untouched in the physical sense. He had the faith when he got there to stand against these ferocious lions. He didn't even have to worry about it. God closed their mouths. They became little pussycats. <laughs> they didn't have a roar like that because God was there with them. But you see, it was because that he faced these spiritual lions. He stayed true to his God. He knew that his God was with him. Even when maybe the circumstances, everybody would have been saying, okay, where is your God, Daniel? Your life is being controlled by someone else. The normality is being taken away from you. You're going to starve if you don't just do what anybody with common sense would do and eat the food that you've got. Daniel stayed faithful. Folks, I'm saying, you know, that sometimes we get worried about some of the situations that we face. Sometimes those lions can be ferocious. But every lion that we stay faithful and stand with our faith and our trust in God doesn't matter if we think it's fair or unfair. We trust God. We stay faithful to Him. I'm saying to you, if you're here today, and if you're not a child of God, then you better be afraid of that roaring lion that's walking around trying to see just who it is that he can devour because without Jesus Christ, you can have you for lunch. You've got no hope. But i got news for you. With Jesus Christ, you stay faithful to him, he's got no hope. He can't. He can't get to you. You're going to face lions in this life, and he wants to destroy you. He does want to wipe you out, but you need Jesus. You need to be faithful to him. And even when life is treating you unfair, I promise you, I promise you that when he says all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, it's God's word. If you don't believe him, then you got no hope anyway. But if you believe him, live like him. Take his promises real. Stand against the lions in your life. Be faithful to God. Whether you understand it, whether you feel like it's fair, just be true to him. Be faithful to him. I promise you he'll get you through. And there's no lions. It's getting through those lions that it builds your faith. Not only builds your faith, just like with that king. <laughs> king Darius knew that Daniel was going to be okay because he knew what his relationship with his God was. It'll affect those around you as well. Father, Lord, we've just thought about this, this great Bible story of Daniel facing these lions. And think about the warning that you've given to us. We have an adversary. His name is the devil, Satan. He's walking about just seeking whom he can devour. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here today that doesn't have that assurance of knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I pray this day you would help them to realize, Lord, they're at the mercy 
Satan's out there, and he does want to destroy them. And that's not a, a scare tactic. That's just reality. They don't know that they've got tomorrow. We know that for those, Lord, that maybe they haven't put their faith, but maybe maybe he's sent along all kind of temptations to get them somewhere else, and there might be some Christians here today. Lord, these lines have come to them. They've tried to get them to turn their back on the things that they know are from you. Tried to get them to go another way to suit the desires of this world. But Lord, I pray that you'd show them that's just one step in allowing themselves to give in to these lines in their lives that are weaken them. Help them, Lord, to understand. Help them to face the lions. Help them to face it with your strength, with your word, with your power. Lord, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know that today we do have a choice, just as Daniel did. The world can do things against us that we don't have any choice in whatsoever, but we do have a choice whether we're going to honor you and obey you and live for you and be faithful to you. We do have a choice in many of those things. Lord, help us. Help us to be faithful. Help us to stand firm. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. 